welcome to Drop Top Sports. Thank you for listening. My name is Owen Smith, and this is my co-host, Ethan Vassar. Today, we have a little bit of NFL topics, a little bit of NBA topics, and a little bit of around the world. We go from everything from Super Bowl predictions to Trump pardoned Kodak, uh, Kodak Black and Lil Wayne to Bruce Brown and our people sleeping on him. We have a lot of fun topics today. We're going to go ahead and jump in it. So, Ethan... There's a lot of new coaches that just joined the NFL. A special one just joined a couple of minutes ago, and Nick Cernani. Cernani yeah, the, the Colts offensive coordinator. There's been a lot of people that you wouldn't, I guess, people that you wouldn't expect to get head coaching positions because aside from Robert Sala, I think everyone else is kind of a surprise. Like, obviously, I think we, we were all thinking. Uh, Eric Bieniemy was going to get a head coaching position, but with the Chiefs still playing, uh, he's not. No team is able to hire him because he's still calling plays for the Chiefs. So I don't know the how good the Chiefs are, are kind of hurting Bieniemy's chances of becoming a head coach at the moment. Because I don't. I don't think anyone, any team, would want to wait to see like the Chiefs could make to the Super Bowl. That's another two, three weeks where you'd have to wait to like legitimately give him an offer. And by that point, there might be other candidates that you're looking at that are gone. So, yeah, as you mentioned, the Colts offensive coordinator is now the Eagles head coach. Yeah, uh, there's a couple others, too. There's the Colts offensive coordinator, Nick. Uh, there's Dan Campbell from the Saints. He was the tight ends coach and the assistant head coach. He's now the head coach of the Lions. I saw a little bit of a press briefing that he did where he seems pretty, um, seems pretty hardcore, some hard-nosed football. Then who else? Um, we got Meyer, obviously, going to Jacksonville. That should be yep. really interesting. Fun to see, especially because T-Law is going there too. You would assume, but he's made some comments that make you think they're debating between him, Fields, and uh, the kid out of BYU, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, yes, yeah. sir. He played really lights out towards the, the end of the season, Zach Wilson. He was playing... He, he talked himself into that top five pick conversation. He was going like top – he was definitely going first round. But, mm-hmm. like, before the season started, I think people had him going, like, in the uh, like first 20 picks, and he talked himself into a top five. So props to Zach Wilson. Um, I definitely think uh, Urban goes to T-Law just because he's the unicorn of the draft. Even if Fields, uh, he has some loyalty there because of the Ohio State connection, I still think – T-Law is a unicorn. I think that starting off the the franchise in a way that you pass on the man who's been literally hyped up since middle school as the best quarterback you will see probably in the future of quarterbacks and, and Trevor Lawrence, is it's a bad start. Yeah, I don't know um, how how you don't pick Trevor Lawrence number one overall. If you if you don't, that's just, just a bad start to what you're trying to start there. Um, we have... Brandon Stolly for the Chargers. I really like him. I'm not sure if you know much about him. He's with the Rams. Yeah, he was the Rams defensive coordinator, and they had the best defense in the NFL this year. Pro Football Focus had them ranked number one. Um, They allowed the fewest yards per game of opposing offenses. I think they were second in total team sacks. They They had a great defense. I think that especially because the Ram, uh, the sorry, pardon me, the Chargers, they 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 had they aren't lacking talent on defense. They have the Derwin Derwin James, have the Joey Bosa, 
the Ingram, the they they have pieces on their defense, but yet for some reason the Chargers defense just really, really sucked this year. Sure, Dur- Derwin was out for the majority of the year. I think he maybe had two games this season. I could be I, wrong. I think no, he was he was out the entire year. I think he's only played like maybe four games in the past two seasons or so. Whenever he plays, he's good. Yeah. He he whenever he plays, he's fantastic. Hopefully we get him back next season. Um, he's a raw talent for sure. Uh, but I think that it, it's, it's just kind of crazy to me that the Chargers defense wasn't better this year because of their possibilities in pass rush and, and run stop with the D line. They have, they have a solid D line. Yeah. They, um, uh, they brought in Linval Joseph uh, from the Vikings. They also, I think they brought in Nick Vigil as well from, I believe, yeah, he played for the Bengals previously. So they did bring in some good people. They brought in Chris Harris jr. Although he was kind of eh. But back to Derwin James, uh, he only played five games last season. So he's played five games in the span of two seasons. So it's kind of crazy to think that like they had one of the worst defenses mm-hmm. in the league this year. So I'm really excited to see what Brandon can do with that defense. I think that um, a defensive mastermind like him, I think he can get down and dirty with the team and kind of shape them into a top defense in the league with their yeah. schemes. And then on uh, the flip side of the coin, talking about offense, Arthur Smith is now the head coach of the Falcons. Which is going to be fun to see. Arthur Smith is, I'm not going to say he's the best offensive coordinator I've ever seen in the league. If you're looking for an offensive talented guy I, for to be like the, the mastermind behind your offense, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run to Arthur Smith personally. Um, I think it's just because in his offense, the majority of the time we just see Derrick Henry handoff yep. up the middle to the right, to the left, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. There's not much like creativity there. Um, he does have some good played schemes that he uses like once or twice a game that gets a Brown wide open. He mm-hmm. definitely can scout talent. I know that much, but like scheme wise, I wasn't that impressed by, by Arthur. I'm not impressed by the hire at all because I think the Falcon the Falcons issues this year were on defense for the most part. Yeah. And I think they should have went out and gotten a, a more defensive minded person. Cause you know, you have Matt Ryan, you have Julio, Calvin Ridley, Todd Gurley, who's okay. Not, not, not like he was two, three years ago, but he's still a solid back in the league. And you have those many good pieces on offense, Hayden Hurst as well. You really don't need like a, a really adept offensive coordinator to get good production out of them. But the defensive side of the ball is, ooh. It, it's scary. Um, so I, they really need to pull in a fantastic defensive coordinator. Uh, they fired their defensive coordinator, right? From what I remember. Yeah, I, I think they, I want to say he went the same time. They came with the staff change. Oh, yeah. And so they need someone. I don't think they've hired one yet from the, from what I've, been looking at um so they really need someone to come in and step it up i do like the atlanta's new general manager a lot his name is terry on tinto or something like that i probably butchered his last name but his his first name's terry shout out terry and other scary terry in the world um he worked his way up from a marketing intern with the saints he moved into a scouting internship role and then he got moved from scouting uh internship to an actual position then to pro scout then the head scout then to player personnel assistant 
and then got hired as the general manager to the Atlanta Falcons. So that's, that's just kind of like a cool course right there. It shows that an internship can go a far away in an organization like the NFL. Yeah. So, okay. Back to Falcons defensive coordinator. Was, wasn't Raheem Morris, was he the defensive coordinator? And then he took over head coaching? That sounds familiar, yeah. And Raheem Morris just got hired the... as a defensive coordinator at the um... – Oh, I forget where. He just got hired as a defensive coordinator somewhere else. Yeah, the Rams just hired him. That's it. That should be interesting to see if the Rams defense can keep up their uh, elite level of play. I think it'll probably take a step back, but I won't Maybe. I mean, you still have Aaron Donald. You still have Jalen Ramsey. If uh, what's his face, Darius Phillips, right? Number 31, the cornerback. If he's see if he is going to build on the breakout season he had this year. And then speaking of defense, we have the defensive mastermind, one of the best defensive guys in the league, and Robert Sala going to the Jets. Did I say his right name? His last name, right? Robert Sala going to the Jets, which kind of just flipped the Jets landscape on its head. We've gone from mm-hmm. like, it's the Jets, you, to Richard Sherman saying, hey, Deshaun Watson, you need to go, you to, the go Jets, to the Jets, which is yeah. just crazy. The The Jets defense was their strength last season. So it, it is strange they didn't go offense, go for an offensive-minded head coach, but that's what they did last time with Adam Gase. The offense was terrible. So maybe they learned a lesson there. Going to roll with the same mentality the 49ers had a season ago to like have a great defense that takes you to the championship and your offense is just good. It's there. It doesn't turn over the there ball. There-ish. Mm-hmm. Which but, uh, yeah, uh, makes it interesting now with Watson potentially wanting to, well, he does want to be out of Houston, but potentially being moved out of Houston and Jets with the second overall pick. I don't think I don't think the Jets will go for Watson because of what you just said. They're more kind of like an iffy offensive mm-hmm. team, or like they will be under Salah. And Watson is definitely an offensive heavy guy. Like he's he's a superstar. I think now under Salah, they're probably going to stick with Sam for a year. That's my guess. I, I feel like they're going to stick with Sam for a year, kind of see what he can do. Yeah, because uh, they're still to- two or three years away from like competing, competing. And if you bring in Watson, you're kind of wasting some of his prime. Like if you bring in Deshaun Watson, your offense is going to be better, but you're still not going to be like competing for the AFC East division title or a wild card He needs to go spot. to a team that like is ready to win. That is, I would like to see him edge. on the 49ers. Oh, well, yeah, it's because you're a bandwagon 49ers fan. And I'd like to see him on the Washington football team because yeah, we're always I, there too. If he, if he went to Washington, they would become, well – they, they would probably be playoff contenders again next year for sure. I would say not contenders. I think we'd be divisional contenders. I think we'd go that far. I think we'd clinch a wild spot, that, uh, like a wild card, yeah. definitely. It's just kind of like that's what we're missing all season. We had four different quarterbacks this season. We had uh, Alex. We had Haskins. We had Taylor. Uh, we had um, Kyle Allen. Oh, we already mentioned Allen. We had four different quarterbacks this um, season. So it's just kind of like. We need consistency yeah, and a yeah. good player in that spot. I mean, you almost okay. had five because Steven Montez almost stepped in when Heineke almost. got 
I'm actually he played yeah. well in college. Steven Montez. He played really well in college. So I, I want to see him take a snap this season. Okay. Speaking but, of Washington quarterbacks, though, do you want to talk about Dwayne Haskins going to the Steelers? Oh yeah. That's that's a new development. I don't think much will come of it. I, no, I, think, I mean, this tells me that Big Ben is probably retiring. No. No? No. I, I don't think they're, they're going to bring in Haskins to start. I think he has a lot more to prove before someone brings him in for that. I think he's going to make some quarterback competition. Is the only reason he's there right now. Mm-hmm. He's going to butt heads with Mason Rudolph. He's going to butt heads with the person there. Someone else they're going to bring in this offseason. He's just going to create competition because that's where he shined the most in a three-headed quarterback competition between um, Joe Burrow, him, and Fields in Ohio State where he came out and threw 50 touchdowns. What are the strip clubs like in Pittsburgh? That's a good question. If anyone anyone listening, um, you live in the Pittsburgh area, if you're aware of this, please write into the show. We are curious. Actually, speaking of writing into the show, this is just a little bit of an off branch. We now have a Google Forms thing open. So it's going to be our weekly mailbag. And so you can go ahead into the link in all our social media bios. You'll see weekly mailbag. Hit that link. Fill out a question. Fill out something. Make sure to put your Instagram at so we can shout you out as well. And we'll probably read it on the show. Back to the NFL. Sorry that we had to throw that out there real quick. It was funny, though. Uh, Philip Rivers is finally pulling out and Drew Brees retires. Do you think they're Hall of Famers? Both of them, yes. I know Rivers um, didn't make it to the Super Bowl, but he had been consistent for so long. You know, he, I think he had the second second longest streak of consecutive starts in the league. He's a character with his trash talk as well. You and. See- People, I know he has a he has a contract with some broad like he's he's going to be doing NFL games in the next few years. I forget which network he has a contract with, but people are thinking he could be the next Romo kind of personality. I could see that. I don't know. I, I feel like in addition to his uh, play on the field, him being like a TV personality would help out his case. So here's a fun little statistic for you: if you took each one of his interceptions and matched them to a game. He has only had 43 games in his career. He's not thrown an interception. He has played 252 straight starts in games. And he has 209 career interceptions. I don't think he's a hall of famer. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a guy that will go down in like the, the history of the NFL, but he's not a hall of famer. He doesn't have hall of fame numbers. He does have a lot of numbers in kids. Uh, to speak all of his kids' names, all nine of them, we have Gunnar Rivers, Haley Rivers, Peter Rivers, Sarah Rivers, Kathleen, uh, Grace, Caroline, Claire, Rebecca, and uh, and Anna. All of the Rivers right there. As poor wife, man. Can you imagine? Can you imagine having to take care of nine kids all by yourself? I can't imagine taking care of one, and I don't want to. So, uh, moving on to Drew Brees. <laughs> moving on to Drew. No. Brees. Um, how many interceptions did you say Rivers had in his career? Two hundred and nine. Hmm. I don't. I don't feel like that's Hall of Fame numbers. Well, I'm gonna make somewhat of a comparison. I know I'm gonna compare him to Elway. I know Elway has two Super Bowls. I was expecting but... a, a Favre. 
Uh, Favre as well, but um, L.A. has 226 in his career. Favre also, I think, I want to say, does, does Favre have the record for most interceptions thrown? <laughs> I would not be surprised. I, I wanted to say it's Favre or L.A. You're, the, the Super Bowl winning does put Favre and uh, L.A. above Rivers, but I don't know. I, I still feel he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know. Rivers, he's he's questionable. Uh, I wouldn't mind if he got in the Hall of Fame. I just don't think that no. his numbers are – they don't portray what you would expect. Yeah, um, so Brett however, Favre has the most interceptions in a career with 336. Jeez. By a mile, because the second the second most is 277. Okay, Brett Favre. Man's need to stop slinging it a little bit. Okay. Well, speaking of Hall of Fame, now we're on to Drew Brees. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. There's no yep. question about that. He's he's the GOAT. He's New Orleans' man, the myth, the legend. He's going to go down in the history of like all-time New Orleans people. He's yep. There's no question in my mind he's a Hall of Famer. What about you? Agreed. No, I totally agree. Uh, Scott, a lot of – what does he have most? Career – completions and passing yards or something like that he's high up there in pretty much every major statistical category within the top 10 top five brought us brought the first super bowl to new orleans big part of the city since katrina hit yeah and moving on to another potential hall of famer i'm not sure if i'd, I'd say he's there yet but he's by the looks of it he might get there one day. Deshaun Watson, he's been all over the place. Kid cannot get his names out of the headlines. He might be going to the Jets. He might be going to the Washington football team slash club slash organization slash something another. Uh, he might be going to any quarterback needy team. He might even go to the Cowboys if Dak doesn't resign. I've seen that fly around somewhere. I don't think they have the cap space for that, but it's possible. Ooh. Might go There's, to the Dolphins too, but might go to the I, Dolphins, but they're apparently no. the Texans aren't high on Tua. Can't blame them. He's a bust. Um, and there's just so many aspects of what's happening with Deshaun Watson. Just kind of one big tangled up knot. Do you think you can untie it a little bit for us, Ethan? Oh boy, I can try. Um, I was not in Boy Scouts, so my knowledge of knots <laughs> was quite rudimentary. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we, we talked about this a little in previous episode um, about how he was frustrated with Texans front office, how they didn't involve him in their search and hiring the new, I believe it was the new general manager they brought in. And all indications are the bridge is burnt between him and the Texans organization. And a lot of people are thinking he will never suit up for them again. And with how poorly Houston has handled some of their superstars in the past, i.e. DeAndre Hopkins. It's looking like that's going to happen. Which is kind of crazy to me because this is a whole new quote-unquote regime now mm -hmm. that since Hop left. So I – it's a little surprising to me. Well, it's, this it's is also like come out of nowhere because there wasn't nowhere. like – At least we, the, the general public, wasn't aware of any conflict between – watson and the texans at all but within I mean, the past month it's like the nope, he's never playing for them again he's gone baby 
he's gone, which is so weird because Watson is one of those people that you build a franchise around. He's your cornerstone, your corner piece. I you mean, they did. Nobody and they on the roster. Hopkins. And- yeah, I mean, if you gave away Hopkins. Like Hopkins is the one of the best wide receivers in the league. Before this year, I'd call him the best, but this year, I don't know. He's. I'm not feeling it this right now. But Hop is clearly one of the best historically and right now best in the league and he just got traded away but at the same time he's not the quarterback like Deshaun Watson is the quarterback and he's not just the or a quarterback he is the man he is a top five quarterback in the NFL and he's young he has a lot farther to go so it's surprising whenever these types of guys are just thrown away and that's pretty much what they're doing right now uh, I have no idea what package could come. I've heard around three or four first round picks. Yeah, three first round picks, maybe a second day pick or like a an okay role player. It it doesn't. It's going to be such a uh, intriguing season for yeah. both you, parties. If if you're the Texans, do you trade him or do you try and mend things up with him? If I'm the Texans, I think you have to trade him. Well, yeah, because you have no first-round pick this year, no second-round pick this year. I don't think they have their first next year either. So it's not like they're the going to compete for anything in the next nothing. few years. I think that the ideal situation is for the owner of the Texans just to sell the team right now. Just be like, I screwed this up so much. We're just going to sell the team, start over, someone else take over. But that's not going to happen. And so I think the only left, the, the only possibility left is to, is to trade him. Maybe get some grip back on your future. Maybe get three first round picks, one this year, two next year, one for the next three years. Maybe some player that you can kind of call a leader and throw in there, see what happens. Um, try and get some of your future back that you don't have right now. Who I feel okay. bad for the most in this situation is probably Brandon Cooks because. <laughs> some, some weeks ago he was taught he was being interviewed about how he's been traded so many times i think he's played for four teams he was with new orleans new england went to the rams got traded to the texans this past season and he was like i'm tired of being traded all the time i'm here with deshaun and i i'm loving this setup and then like a week later deshaun's like nope see you dude no, thank you it, I, th- yeah cook says even though he's bounced from good quarterback to good quarterback to not so good quarterback to good quarterback. Yep. Like he went like it was breeze and at the ending of his prime ending of his prime, it was breeze mm-hmm. right before he started getting washed. Um, it was Tom Brady. Uh, it was Jared Goff, but he's, eh. and it was Deshaun Watson. So he's he's had a, actually a pretty good career when it comes to quarterbacks. But still, mm-hmm. I feel really bad for him. Next thing you know, he's going to get some crazy, like Brett Hundley is going to be the new quarterback for the Texans. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Watson gets moved. I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from him as well because he has a big contract. They can probably get maybe a, so a second or a third. I feel so bad for him. Okay, enough of Brandon Cooks. Uh, we're going to go back to actually we're going to kind of turn a whole new leaf here into a new type of subject into the NFL draft prospects and also the combine. The NFL combine has been completely canceled due to COVID reasons. Uh, technically, it's been reshaped, quote unquote, uh, but in 
all seriousness, it's just been canceled. There's no in-person anything. It's all online. And what's yeah, a combine? What what's a combine online? It's just a Zoom meeting to test what you think. You're just how watching you... some dude working out, I guess. It's I it's know. gonna be weird. Um, and so how do you think that that's gonna like? What what do you think the backlash of the combine being canceled is gonna be? Um, backlash is gonna be. There's also gonna be a lot more reliance on this past season or the past two seasons past three seasons, even in some uh, players' cases. But there's not really going to be an opportunity for lesser-known people to jump up the board with, like, a crazy 40 time or with anything like that, I feel. Oh, yeah, totally. It's going to be a whole lot of people who are, like, we, in the past, I don't know if this is a great example, but, like, John Ross, like, I think he was drafted so high in the first round because of that 40 time. Yeah, uh, when he broke the record, I think he probably would have gone maybe second or third before the like forty time, which is probably where he should have gone. Mm-hmm. But there's so many like circumstances and examples you can just pull out of people who, because of a great combine, got drafted three rounds ahead of where they were supposed to get drafted, and it's because some scout looks down upon him and says, "Here is the gift of grace and a couple million dollars," and next thing you know, they're an NFL star. Um, there's a lot of like situations of that. So it's going to really back like hurt a whole lot of futures for a whole lot of, of players. And it kind of sucks to see. Yep. I'm with you there. Sucks. Some people who in other years would have maybe gotten a bigger opportunity, bigger contract drafted higher, probably not going to get it this year, but that's, that's the world we're in at the moment. Do you have a top five prospect list? Kind of. I think Trevor Lawrence should be number one. Should Obviously, be. like you were saying, unicorn, best best quarterback prospect com- coming out of college since Andrew Luck, probably. Because uh, I think you could really go all over the place from two to five. I think Panay Sewell, he's going to be a top five pick. He's really good, really solid. He's, he's kind of this year's Chase Young where – you pick him, he can start right away. He'll be good right away. I know Jalen Waddle didn't play much this year at all, but I'm gonna I think he's he has to be up there in the top five just due to his speed and athleticism. And then I don't know, you could go maybe Patrick Sertan. He's probably the best corner in the class. Maybe Jalen Watt, or I just said Jalen Watt. I mean, Devontae Smith, maybe Jamar Chase, but he didn't play this year. I really like um, Kyle Pitts out of Florida, the tight end, but tight ends rarely get drafted in the first round. But he's he's similar to, uh, I think he's similar to uh, Chase Young and Panay Sewell in the sense that you, you know he's going to be a good player regardless you pick him, he's going to start. He could probably start right away and maybe half the teams in the league or at least be a solid contributor. He reminds me a lot of a uh, prime Jordan Reed. For those who don't really under, like know the prime Jordan Reed era, he was fantastic in the red zone. He was that guy. He pretty much caught mm-hmm. every touchdown pass that came his way in the red zone. Um, he was just a receiving tight end and good at it. And Kyle Pitts is that but taller and lankier and – he still has a little bit of weight to him. He's not quite a wide receiver, but he's still 
he's good. He's good at what he does. Um, so I totally agree with you there, Ethan. For me, I would have to go, of course, Trevor Lawrence, number one. He has that ability to throw all over the field. We've seen him take off for runs. Um, he was throwing accurately to random people in Spider-Man suits in high school for like 75-yard bombs. I'm not sure if you've seen that, that video or Vine or meme or whatever you want to call it. He is good at what he does. Uh, for two, I think Zach Wilson kind of climbed into my, into my two. Uh, he still has to polish up some things, but he is a good quarterback, just like Trevor. He can put it, pretty much put it wherever you want over the field. He's a little bit more risky. Um, he doesn't have the poise that, that Trevor has yet. Um, but raw talent-wise, I'm going to put Zach Wilson at my quarterback, too, and my number two player in the draft. Number three, I'm going to put Devontae Smith, the guy who just won the Heisman. It's been rare we see a wide receiver win the Heisman. And he has a reason to win it. He was the best player in football this year. That's what the Heisman means. He's, he's good. He catches every ball that comes his way. And he usually brings it for somehow 70 yards and maybe to the house. Um, he also does well in the red zone, as we saw in the playoffs. He can catch the small passes out of the backfield like a running back and make a man miss and get in the end zone. Um, he's just really good at what he does whenever he plays wide receiver. For number four, I'm going to have to go Justin Fields. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the top five, but it's just how it is. Justin Fields has has the poise, has the arm, has mobility. Um, he reminds me a lot of a Jalen Hurts um, just because of, of how he plays. Uh, and Jalen Hurts was criminally underrated going into the last draft. And then number five, I'm going to say Najee Harris. I really like him. He's very under. He slept on because of the amount of carries he had at Alabama. He has the ability to jump over people, hit people, make a man miss, power back with a little bit of elusiveness in there, and he can catch out the backfield. I really like him. Some people are going to blow up my app for that. I don't care. He's my number five prospect. What I think do you think jumping about over that? people might be the new, the new it factor you're looking for? Because in the past 10, 20 years, there's been like, what player is the fastest that we can draft? And now it's, oh, who can, who can jump the highest? Who can hurdle someone? It's so fun to see, too. It's kind it of is. like, whoa, he just completely jumped somebody. And I think Saquon changed that. I think he was the guy who came in the league and, and kind of changed that it factor. Every once in a while, there's a player that does that. Uh, Lamar made mobile quarterbacks cool again. Mm-hmm. Saquon made jumping running backs cool again. Um, Tristan Worfus made left tackles that can chuck people across fields. Cool Tristan Worfus for Offensive Rookie of the Year. That's your, that's your go? As you go, it's it's him. I mean, it's not going to be him. It's not going to be a, a tackle, but it's him, Herbert, or uh, Justin Jefferson, three best rookies. Hertz should be in that conversation too, even though he's in Philly and I am a. Bro, he played three games. games. I don't care. He played fantastic in that f- three games. He should be in the conversation out of respect for what he did. He came in and changed the Eagle season to the point that he got a head coach fired. It's, well, to the point rare. that he got benched because they wanted a higher draft pick. I mean that too. It's just it's 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 impressive to me. I realize it just said it's like mixtape. It's 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 whatever. Um, we're going to move on to some game predictions because the NFL playoffs is more than here. It's already happened. We're now interdivisional, which means we have two team two teams left from the NFC and two teams left from the AFC. Conference uh, championship. Conference championship. I'm so sorry. I said divisional, didn't I? You did. Uh, well, 
Conference championship, two teams left from the NFC, Packs and Bucks. I got the Packs with a blowout. The Cheeseheads, can, uh, they can play in every phase of the ballgame. They can hit a wide receiver deep. They can play the mid. They can play the run. The defense can pass rush, run stop, and uh, Alexander can pretty much cover any wide receiver you throw at him. Mm-hmm. I want to say wasn't in the divisional. I think he allowed what like negative four yards. The first corner to do that, from what I was, from what I'm aware. So you're taking Packers over Buccaneers. Yes, I am taking the Bucks over the Packers. Okay. I think I know. We we have to reference Week Six is. Interestingly, though, um, the Bills-Chiefs game is also – they also played before in week six, so it's two week six rematches in the conference okay. championships. But if the Bucks defense is able to play like they did in week six and like they did against the Saints last week, I think they win the game. Obviously, Tom Brady – Tom Brady's been amazing. He hasn't – he's only thrown one interception in the past six games. I think all he has to do is protect football – the running game, lean on the running game, play good defense. I think they win. Maybe I think by I want to say seven or ten. In in the words of Aaron Rodgers, I think that a week six game matters as much as when the Saints went to their place and beat them thirty eight to three. And we past games we saw last week just don't really matter when it comes to the Bucks. Um, I, I agree with you. The, the Bucks defense plays well some of the time, but I still don't think – I think Aaron Rodgers has had a Khalil Mack or, or some type of uh, big defensive lineman come at him and hit him every single play for the past – how long has he been in the league? Years. Oh, wow. He's had – for years he's had – he's been slammed because of bad offensive line play. And, and pretty much everything else. And he's gotten past it, and he's still won games. Mm-hmm. I don't think – I think Aaron Rodgers is the guy who can overcome any defense thrown at him. I am all on the Rodgers train. I'm all on the Pax train. Next, we have our Bills and Chiefs, possibly the most exciting game. I think this season. Depends on how it goes, but it could be. It has potential. Yeah, it could, uh, could be a shootout. It could be a shootout. To me, I think it's up to the wins in KC. I know that sounds weird to say, but we saw in Buffalo, uh, whenever the wind was taking Josh Allen's balls, that deep attack didn't really work, and they had to rely on the middle. Um, in the middle, we have Tyra Matthew for the Chiefs, and he's been locked down. In the past few years, he has 11 interceptions, the most by safety in the NFL, and it's because they play him in a way that he just controls the middle. He can hit the run game. He can read the quarterback well. He doesn't have to play deep. He just plays where he's comfortable, and that is it's, it's what he's good at. He's fantastic at it. And so if the if the Bills have to rely on the middle, he's they're they're dead offensively. And so as long as they have their pass def- their their pass attack open with the deep ball, they're going to win the game. Well, Sunday in Kansas City, according to Google, uh, winds 11 miles per hour, 50% chance of rain. So I don't know how big of a factor the winds could be, but that is a good point you bring up. However, so are you? You're taking the Chiefs, I assume. I'm taking the Bills. As am I. I what is your reasoning? First, you go ahead. My reasoning, I, I, I see more energy, more passion, 
mm-hmm. more wants in the Bills right now than the Chiefs. They've already had it. They're hungry for a second, but they, they don't have the passion they did last year whenever I look at the Chiefs team. The Bills want it. They, they need it. It's running through their veins. Stefan Diggs is tired of getting dropped right before he goes to the big game. Josh Allen is tired of being that kid who will never be good enough, and the Bills fandom, Bills Mafia, wants it badly. I, I think just the energy is different, and I think the Bills overcome. That's literally the same reason I'm picking the Bills. <laughs> Weirdly, uh, they're more motivated. They have they have more momentum than the Chiefs do. I think because the Chiefs, if Rashard Higgins doesn't fumble out the end zone, or if a helmet to helmet is called on that play. <laughs> I think that game is a lot closer and the Chiefs potentially lose because I, you know, I know Baker threw the interception when they came back out of the halftime and stuff, but the game was close for a while, even with Mahomes still in the game. Um, obviously, if Mahomes doesn't play, I think the Bills win. I mean, Kansas City's chances of, of winning greatly increase with Mahomes in, but even with Mahomes in, I think, like you were saying, the Bills just – they have some uh, really they're getting hot at the right time kind of like uh tennessee in last year's playoffs how they beat new england beat you know they beat the ravens they had a 10 point lead on kansas city at one point in the championship game obviously they didn't finish it but i think like you're saying the bills are just playing with a different energy the kansas city i don't think can match at the moment uh so seeing this seeing that we've now made our predictions for the next two playoff games that it leads to the Super Bowl. What are your Super Bowl predictions, Ethan? Well, in my Super Bowl at the moment, it's Bills Bucks. It's the changing of the guard from the AFC East, the new division winners, new powerhouse in the AFC East, Buffalo Bills against Brady, who dominated the NFC East for 20 some years. I think I think the Bills win that one as well. Really? Yes. Nope. Do you think it'll be close though? I mean, I'll, I'll again reference the energy they're playing with. You, you you believe that the Tom Brady that has gone into Buffalo and kicked them unconscious time in and time out is going to walk up in the Super Bowl where he plays historically the best games of his career and lose. I think the Bucks defense is going to lose them the game because Bill's offensive line can protect Josh Allen well. Uh, the Bucks, the secondary has been shaky at times. I think Stephon Diggs is just going to expose whoever he's on, whether it be Jamel Dean or Carlton Davis or Sean Murphy Bunting, whoever, and I put the game out that. of reach. I do think it's funny, though, that you have the defense winning the game against the Packers and losing the game against the Bills. But that's another story. I think that Bills, I think Bills fall short in Super Bowl to the Packs. I think Rodgers gets a ring. I think that just overall, um, it's down to, to how polished the quarterback is going to be. I see Josh Allen making a turnover, maybe two in in the game, um, just because he's not used to the pressure. He's not used to the to the pro level that um. Alexander played that. He's played good pass rush defenses in the past, but so far I think we can say the NFC has better pass rush teams in the league. I think that the just because of the polish of the team and, and the pro level that the Packers are at, 
and that Rodgers is at. He's going to make less mistakes. The team's going to make less mistakes. And because of that, they are going to be reigning Super Bowl champs. Now, we're going to kind of move on to some fun little stories around the league. We have Michael Thomas. He apparently is going to have to go under two or three ankle surgeries this offseason because he played through severe injuries to try and get Drew Brees one last ring. Who knew Slamboy could be cool? Are you a fan of Michael Thomas? I am a fan of Michael Thomas, although I think the reason why he's running slant so much is because Drew Brees' arm strength isn't what it used to be. So you think but, he'll be good in the deep ball? Yeah, the I mean, he's there. still probably going to be slots or a slant slot specialist, whatever you want to say, just because he's been doing that so much. Slant boy. But, I love I, um, I love the nickname of Slant Boy. I kind of – I've never really gotten along – gotten on the Michael Thomas train. Um, he's just – I haven't seen – enough of him to be super super impressed i do respect the effort he made to get breeze another ring um it is, and uh, I- interesting comparing where they were at the start of the season when breeze made was saying whatever about the american flag and thomas had tweeted something like oh ignorant and then here he is putting his health on the line to get his quarterback a ring i'm not crazy surprised by that i think that we all have that one uncle at Thanksgiving dinner, who says something that's pretty ignorant. Uh, but even though he's still family, you still kind of love him. You would still kind of be there for him. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what it was. AJ um, Brown and, and, also, he was getting surgery on both of his knees. And he was, yeah, apparently couldn't, or he was told, I guess, he the season was over at week two or something. He played through that. Which is crazy to me. Uh, congrats to him. He had a good season. Time in and time out, he shows up. I like AJ Brown. Okay, and our last story is one of Bill's Mafia. After this, we're going to move on to the NBA. Bill's Mafia banded together to get Lamar Jackson's favorite charity, Blessings in a Backpack, $290,000. I want to say it's up to like 400 k now. Is it four hundred k? I Let know that the check. night that it started, it was at two hundred and ninety. dollars Okay, at, according to uh, Bleacher Report three hours ago, it's up to 450000 $450,000 four hours ago, meaning it was at 1.20 p.m. or, or 1 p.m.-ish on Thursday. It was at $450,000. Congrats to the Bills Mafia. That's a, that's a classy move. Yeah. I, I know, obviously, Bills Mafia isn't going to be in Kansas City for the game, and your fans don't really win you games, but I think it's this is another... It's a reflection of that energy you were talking about that the Bills are playing with. They just have just good vibes, bro. They're just think of all the. This is part of it, along with the Patricia Allen stuff. They're just good vibes in Buffalo, dude. Think of all the tables four hundred fifty thousand dollars could buy. I'm surprised they didn't just buy plastic tables with it. Honestly, it's a little surprising Mm -hmm. to me. I Bills Mafia, you rock. We support you. Next up, we're going to kind of go into our NBA. And the first thing, James Harden got traded. Something we, we kind of knew was going to happen or it was, it was rumored to happen, but no one thought it would happen at the level it did. The trade included a, a lot of different pieces being moved around, a lot of different incentives. Uh, from what I can see, uh, it was the Nets send trainer, uh, center Jarrett Allen and forward uh, Prince to Cleveland and guard Karis Levert 
and Rudius Crucus, as well as three first uh, round draft picks. Your 2022 first round, your 2024, and your 2026. Well, the rule in the NBA is you can't trade consecutive draft picks. So you can't trade a 2020 or a 2021 first round in the same deal. That's smart. I really like that. And four first round pick swaps, the 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027 to Houston. The Rockets also received guard Dante uh, Exum and a draft pick from the Cavaliers to complete the deal. It will, it will reportedly include a fourth team, the Indiana Pacers. Pacers. Thank you, Pacers. So The aspect of that deal was, I believe, Victor Oladipo went to the Rockets. James Harden seems happy. The Nets have a big three. I'm not sure how much good it is going to be, though. If yeah, Colin he seems Sexton happy. Continues. He seems to have lost like 10 or 15 pounds overnight. It's just kind of crazy how that Doing happens, well. right? Uh, and but I'm not sure the big three of of Kyrie, Katie, and and James Harden will mean much if Colin Sexton keeps on doing what Colin Sexton does. Did you see what he did last night? Yeah, he hit like three or four threes in a row in overtime to uh, win the Cavs the game. Over he had a career Brooklyn. high in points too, wearing the same jersey number that Kyrie wore when he was drafted by the Cavaliers. I thought that was a little fun, kind of like thing right there. He's playing himself into a top seven point guard, in my opinion. What about you? I could see the I could see top ten, but yeah, top seven maybe at the end of the year. But yeah, like you said, he's he could be playing into it. He's playing into it. He he has the skills that I didn't see from him in college. I mean, they were there. He played well in college, but he's really polished up and became more of a a, a well-rounded pro in the NBA. Uh, Bruce Brown, people are they sleeping on him? I think it's a little too early in the season. I think there's only been, what, 12 games he's played in at the moment. But if he continues to play good, do doing what he's doing, I would say yes by virtue of people are probably going to focus on KD, Kyrie, and uh, Harden rather than him just because they're that big because three. They're the big three, yeah, totally. And I think he, because of the Harden addition, he's going to pop off a little bit more when he gets the ball. I'm not sure he really will because – uh, Kyrie Harden and, and Durant all kind of like their attention on the court. Um, but I think he'll make big plays when he needs to. And I'm excited about that. Uh, do you think Kevin Durant is swinging himself into the goat conversation, seeing how well he's rebounded from his injury? Yeah. Uh, Stephen A. Smith was talking about this on first take yesterday, as well as today that Katie, he's shooting like over 40% from three over 80% um, free throws, averaging good points. And this, these stats are even better considering he hasn't played in 18 months or something like that. So if he keeps think- this up, yes. But um, I believe it was Stephen A. who also made this argument today because he was talking about how maybe it was Max, how KD, Kyrie, and James Harden each might get MVP votes. So instead of like a bunch going KD's way, he might get like 10. Harden could get eight. Kyrie couldn't get nine rather than all of those going to KD. He's certainly playing at an MVP level. Whether or not he wins it, who knows? Who knows? I, I don't know. I don't I don't really get goat energy from Kevin Durant yet. I think he needs to keep this up maybe in next season if he continues and, and, and is consistent. Maybe I'd give that to him. Okay. I think we only have a couple more NBA questions left. Uh, just kind of like a fun one in there. Have you seen the Space Jam 2 trailers yet? Is there a trailer out? 
There is. There's there's like snippets. There's because oh, I initial. I saw just like those two images from the HBO Max. From what you've seen, does from it what look I've seen, like a hit or miss? Um, it's probably gonna be a miss. Really? Yes, just because you can't. I used to watch the original Space Jam like every day, uh, back 15, 16 years ago. But a, I don't think you can replicate the 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 magic of the first one. Um, well, you know, I'll I'll save my opinion until I see an actual trailer. Because if it's just like replicating the exact same story as the first one, cringe. Just watch the first one. But if it's doing something different, then yeah. Although it's it's doing that same thing that like every movie in the past ten years has done with it, like a beam of light shooting up into the sky. So we'll 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 have to see. Is is LeBron joining the Avengers? We don't know. That would be fun to see. Anyways, I like the idea. I like the fact the graphics might be a little bit better. But Space Jam is a culture. It still is mm-hmm. to this day. It kind of ushered in a new wave of culture to, to my generation and to your generation and us young lads out there. Um, and so I don't, I don't think it can be really duplicated. I could be wrong, but I don't think it could be duplicated. No, it would be interesting, though, to see if it's going to be, if it's going to reference the other one at all. Like if Bugs Bunny is like, hey, remember when we did that thing with Michael Jordan, other characters? Now we have to do it with LeBron James. Or if it's just going to be like retreading the same exact thing, but with LeBron. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny, just the way you said that. He, like... he just turns to the camera. Hey, guys, remember when we did this in the 90s with Jordan? Wink. Seeing how Cleveland's playing and how they just beat the big three, do you think they're on the rebound? Do you think they can? From they where can they were the, the past couple of years, Yes. Do you think they can make a title again in the next three? No. Why not? Because I think, well, while I'm waiting for this to load, there's still four or five teams in the East that are going to be better than them in the next five years. I think the Nets are obviously going to be title contenders for the next three, four years. The Hawks, I think the Hawks, more than the Cavaliers, are on the rebound or on the come up, whatever you want to say. Um. Milwaukee, be honest, you signed that extension. Milwaukee's going to be contending for a title. And then Boston as well, because you've got Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, uh, Jalen Brown, Kemba's still there. So I, I, I think those four teams are still the major powerhouses in the East, and I don't know. Unless Cleveland makes another huge trade or they land like an insane guy in the draft, I don't see them being contenders in the next three or four years. I agree with that. I don't think they're going to be uh, title com- contenders or chip contender- contenders, but I do think they're going to make the playoffs. I just I like Colin Sexton a lot. I didn't. I wasn't expecting what I saw from, from him last night, and if he continues that, it'll be fantastic. One more NBA question before we move on to in the world and kind of start wrapping up the pod. Zion Williams, is he worth the number one selection? Did the Pelicans reach? No, I think he's he's definitely worth it. He uh, he's brought more awareness and just general involvement in New Orleans Pelicans basketball that was kind of dying down with Davis on the move and with him just not being good. And then he's Brandon Ingram also is there. I mean, I know we're talking about Zion, but the team itself has gone a lot better with his addition. To me, I think they reached. 
I don't think Who it was worth the number. number one then. Uh, Jaw from that draft. Jaw. I'm taking him because he he rebuilt the brand for the for the Grizzlies too. If we're talking from a brand perspective, from a talent and the way he's been playing. Jaw. It's just Zion is getting tired. He's not being the big explosive splash play guy we saw in college. He's kind of just lingering around and making a play every once in a while. He's not as aggressive as what we saw. I don't think I don't feel like he wants it anymore, which could be. Hmm. Could be wrong, but I, to me, he seems like he's been a reach. Well, guys, I mean, also the sample size for Jaw is a lot bigger. True, that is true. I could be wrong, but that is true. Well, guys, thank you for listening for two whole sections. We're about to get into the in the world section, so we kind of talk about modern events and what happened. First up, I'm not sure if you're really into this scene of music, Ethan, but. Trump has pardoned Kodak Black and Lil Wayne. Well, first of all, regarding music, I'm not into music at all. I do not listen what? to music. I, I know who artists and musicians are. I just don't listen to it. But good for okay. Kodak Black, I, I believe. Lil Wayne. Um, I'm not sure what he needed to be pardoned for, but I'm glad he's still going to be on uh, Undisputed with Skip and Shannon. That I'm glad... It was yeah. it, it was marijuana and gun possession charges, from what I remember. Uh, I, I think it was ten years federal. Hmm. Well, um, he probably shouldn't have had the guns, weed, <laughs> whatever. Um, but good for both of them. Yeah, I. I, I Kodak Black is an interesting individual. <laughs> That's one I'm way to say of. it. That's one way to say it. I feel like if you took all of Florida, uh, all of the energy that Miami possesses and put it into a person, that would you'd be get Kodak, Kodak Black. Black. You would mm-hmm. get Kodak Black. He's the most Miami guy I've ever really laid eyes on or even heard. He sounds like he's from Miami, if that makes sense. What about <laughs> Joe Exotic, who was thinking he was going to get pardoned? Bro, I also love that because... <laughs> I First of all, I've not seen Tiger King. I'm aware of who Joe Exotic is. What what was he imprisoned for exactly? I think murder. Yeah, he maybe should have stayed in prison if he <laughs> murdered someone. Uh, it's very ironic. I'm saying this because you have a Ray Lewis jersey on your wall, but uh, <laughs> but look again, pretty epic that it's not the that, that Trump <laughs> is just pissing more people off. You'd love to see it. Yeah. Um, that was funny. Did you hear that he had a limo waiting outside his? Uh, outside yeah, I saw the- that the, his his legal team or his people had like a a matte black Hummer limo that they were gonna, and apparently they were gonna go get a McRib after or something like that. That's fantastic. Nothing that is like Joe Exotic thing ever. Getting a McRib after being pardoned. Joe Biden is the forty sixth president of the United States, and we have our first female vice president ever. What's your what's your thoughts about this? Epic, really. I mean, I'm, as as someone who isn't a woman, I can't necessarily comment on what it means to women in general. But I know representation obviously is important, so it will be good for people to see someone of their same sex or same gender that is in a high political office. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be. Uh, definitely something exciting for the younger generation 
and I'm very excited about it as well. Uh, Kobe Bryant is being honored with a statue in the National Garden of American Heroes. I think that's really cool. I agree I that think, I would also label that as epic. I think that Kobe, not that many people realize what he did for not just his community, but really the nation or even the world as in, until he passed. And it's kind of cool to see all the good things that he's done come to light. Not just the basketball player he was, but the human he was, the businessman he was, mm-hmm. uh, and just overall how incredible his journey was. Yeah, he was really a global ambassador of sport and work ethic, I suppose you could say. It was really crazy. How, how did you, when did you first find out he had uh, passed? I was redoing my room. I was playing some, a podcast and like an alert went off on my phone. So I got up to, I was playing Pardon My Take from Barstool Sports mm. and I, I got up to check my phone and I was just looking at it and I was like, what just happened? Yeah. I, at first I thought it was a joke. I, I was like, this is, yeah, it was a little bit of a, a, a shaking moment. I was never really into the NBA as a kid or, or I was more into the NFL, but there are certain players out there you just know. And so I, I really miss everything Kobe was. Okay, now moving on to not such a sad topic. Kyrie Irving bought a house for George, George Floyd's family, which is really cool. It's kind of another, like, another uh, instance that gets labeled as epic. I think we've had a lot of epic things so far, which is kind of kind of good to see. We're starting off a a, a good footnote to twenty twenty one. I'm yes. I'm enjoying all these good things. Uh, good for him. Kyrie really is a good human being. Uh, no matter if he is a, a, a flat earther or not, is he's he? a good human. Yeah, he's a flat oh, earther. Oh, no. Kyrie Irving is a flat earther. Um, he also sages some of the, the Celtics arena before he goes in it. Which I thought yeah. was fun. Huh. Oh, here. I, the, the, I googled Kyrie Irving flat earth and the first one the first link to come up, Kyrie Irving on Flat Earth comments, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he apologizes for saying yeah. that. Yeah, he's a flat earther, like, all the way. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. no matter if you're a flat earther or not, I, I respect the, the buying of the house. That's a good class. I mean, movie. if you think about it, if the Earth was round, how would you be able to dribble a basketball? I mean, hey, everyone's uh, everyone is allowed to have their own thoughts on on the Earth. Mine are that is round because it's just it's what I was I was taught to believe. My thoughts are ignorant, but it's there and we're on it. That is a good. That's a good one. I'm gonna go with that, Ethan. I'm 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 going with that. You know who else is on the Earth? The weekend, the man doing the Super Bowl halftime show. Here's my question for you. Is he the Michael Jackson of this generation? Well, considering I don't listen to music. That's probably out of your hands. asking the wrong person. However, I would say no. Okay. Is there a reason you would say no? Um, <laughs> partially due to the fact that I don't think anyone has alleged that he's a pedophile. I don't know. what. <laughs> Okay. He I, was, I mean, however, he was in 
uh, the movie Uncut Gems. That's what I know him from. He was very good in that movie. You know the weekend from Uncut Gems? Yes. Yeah, I from the the Super Bowl halftime commercials. I have that one song stuck in my head. Feel your touch. That's all I got. Oh yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is just a little fun one. A twenty foot blimp of Donald Trump that makes him look especially orange, and he's wearing a diaper will be given a prominent exhibit in a British museum. It was flown over the city of Trump's... Uh, it was flown over the city of England when... Uh, am I saying that right? Yeah. <laughs> it was flown over the city of England on Trump's first visit. Oi, bruv. Oi, bruv. Um, That's the Michael. That's Blake cool right there. This is epic, in it? Yeah, cool. <laughs> cool. It, it's, yeah. it's good to see a, I mean, you know how art is very subjective, um, but it's good to see a very realistic representation of Trump being uh, put in a museum as opposed to some of these other ones where he's like a, a baby or something. Oh my. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I think it's cool that they can fit a 20 foot plump. That blump was a blump. <laughs> I think it's cool they can fit the Trump plump. <laughs> That's what I call it now. Um, the the Trump plump can fit in a museum, even though it's twenty foot tall. I think that's really cool. It, it's real. It really is like a part of history too. People aren't going to forget the fact that um, whenever Trump came to England, the governor said, "Go ahead and fly a big blimp of him." Um, but anyways, it'll be found in a prominent exhibit in a British museum. Uh, Olympic gold medalist uh, Colette. Uh, Kaliti Keller chart was charged on the Capitol rights. Pretty stupid. Yeah, he apparently he had won like two or three gold medals. So I think he played track. Yeah, I believe. Uh, was it track? I heard ice skating. Let me, I'll look it up. I don't you, know. you talk about it. Two things that aren't really sports. So who really cares about it? Um, I'm going to have some people go for my neck for that one. Ah, he was a swimmer. Is that. Is that a sport? Swimming, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Right, he's, okay, down. here's uh, here's he's he said I let you down. I don't know who he's talking to, but <laughs> yeah, I let you down. Powerful words by Mr. Kelly. He's, he's very. He's really word. taking responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, a little bit disappointed in our Olympic gold medalists, but hey, it's whatever. Um, and the last thing is. The U.S. is set to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord, a global agreement to limit global warming. Yes. Uh, this is this is one of Biden's first acts as president. I think it's kind of nice that he decided to um, take a break from anything that could be could, could cause more divide between the American people and hit something hard that is still helping. Um, well, our world is important. Did you see uh, you know, you know who Ted Cruz is, right? Yes. Did you see his tweet about it? No, I did not. He, he had said, like, why is Joe Biden? The Americans don't care about the opinions of people in Paris. <laughs> that's not, that's what? not what it is. Not at all. It has nothing really to do with Paris. It's just came, it came about in Paris, from what I know. It, was, it doesn't have anything to do with Paris. It's more just a climate accord. It, it's an agreement globally. It's not just the United States, but it's also a lot of European countries that are in it. 
Um, and they just kind of, they say, hey, we're going to do our part to make the world better. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Ted Cruz, go on a cruise. Get a, get a tan. You're pretty white. You could use it. Thank you guys for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed our new segments in there in, around, in the world. Um, thank you for listening to the second, technically, but really the first episode that we're pushing of Drop Top Sports. Um, my name is Owen Smith. Again, my Instagram is at Owens underscore view. My Twitter is at NFL Owen. Uh, Ethan, you want to go ahead and plug your stuff? Yep. Just my name on Instagram, Ethan Vassar, V-A-S-S-A-R. Twitter is the same, but with an underscore in between. And you can go ahead and follow the podcast on all social media platforms at Drop Top Sports. We're going to be going on TikTok. We're going to be on Triller. We're going to be on Twitter. We're going to be on Instagram. We're going to be on any type of social media platform we could possibly get on because we realize that we have to meet you guys where you're at. Uh, our music cred for our intro and our outro goes to Jimmy Prime from the Prime Boys. Um, they are a Toronto band and a big, big fan of catch the blitz which is what we're brought by catch the blitz network shout out to christian and thomas for starting that thing back up in 2017 me and ethan are both writers and senior staff members there all right guys thank you so much for listening again love y'all peace out Jerry Stack house. If she come through, I'ma blow her back out. Yeah, I'ma need my money like an EMT. Yeah, I do this for my niggas like I'm BT. Young nigga, I bought this six. I'm fly like YYZ. I'm living right, my seats are white. They made an ivory. Can't tell you where we fell off, no. I got my shit straight from the sauce, so. All black, Gucci down like a Millie Bobby Brown. Make that shit come around every time that we touch down. Another flight out of town like I'm serving Bobby Brown. We the hottest niggas round every time that we touch down. Every time that I touch down, Garrett to it, make it happen. All white like Michael Blackson. One call, I get the packs in. A little different with the magic. Saint Laurent, I love the fabric. Nothing less, I gotta have it. You ain't never seen a whole brick wrapped up well. With chili on it, just to make sure dogs don't smell. If you get caught, I know you will not tell. Been with me from the beginning, no, we will not fail. Black Gucci down like a Millie Bobby Brown. Make that shit come around every time that we touch down. Another flight out of town like I'm serving Bobby Brown. We the hottest niggas round every time that we touch down.
Bobby Brown, but that shit come around every time that we touch down. Every time that we touch down. Out of town, like I'm serving Bobby Brown. We the hottest niggas round every time that we touch down. Oh, yeah. Every time that we touch down. Oh, yeah.